We're back, and we are continuing an important, very timely conversation with Dr. J. Michael Waller of the Center for Security Policy, or is my colleague. Mike is a specialist in political warfare, and we're talking about how it manifests itself, um, both with enemies, foreign and domestic. Mike, you were just talking about Trita Parsi, um, a man that the regime in Tehran has described as uh, an Iranian lobbyist, for heaven's sakes but who managed nonetheless uh, during both, I think, the Obama years and now under the Biden team to inveigle his way into um, influential operations inside of our government. Um, Talk a little bit about how that is an example of uh, this kind of political warfare that we're facing from that particular quarter. Sure. Well, at first it's important because for for legal reasons, unless you can prove an agency relationship, it's very dangerous to allege one. So, so we're just talking about the allegations, right? Well, what the Iranian regime has said, but when I say Trita Partisi is acting as an agent of the Iranian regime, I'm referring to alleged agent because he's, he's all the indication is there. It's just a question of legally proving an agency relationship, which we which we haven't been able to do. I think it's actually been demonstrated in federal court by uh, somebody else who he accused of slanders. But your your point is well taken. This 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 is this is a weapon that they use to try well, to they silence use our legal criticism as what they call lawfare, a type of political warfare through our legal system to bog people down and to prevent them from being able to speak out. Anyway, so this guy Parsi, who has been echoing all of the policy needs of the Iranian regime for years, has gone in with uh, with nominal conservatives in a Soros slash Koch brothers funded Quincy Institute to be uh, cloak himself as a moderate bipartisan um, expert on how best to make peace with the Iranian regime and stabilize the Middle East. So really, it seems to be an Iranian regime influence operation that's being waged right here in Washington. And the guy gets all kinds of media all the time, seldom being called out for being an alleged Iranian agent. An insidious fifth column operation to my way of thinking, and and I appreciate your exposing it. Uh, Mike, uh, very quickly, we also are witnessing the Iranians, uh, including their sort of foreign legion, uh, Hezbollah, operating in Latin America, along with the Chinese and and Russians. Um, A lot of that through um, the communists that have now taken over much of the continent and uh, a sort of communist international, if you will, that has been um, operated, um, I guess, initially under the sponsorship of uh, Lula, a man who may be shortly coming back to power in Brazil, I haven't helped us, uh, called the Forum of Sao Paulo. Um, Give us a sense of what that operation, among other uh, external forces are doing to Latin America, a region you're very familiar with. Yeah, so so we're dealing with now a new communist international in Latin America, based orig- originally out of Cuba, backed by the Soviet Union, then after the Soviet collapse from Brazil, which had more cash than Cuba obviously had, uh, run by this uh, self-described Marxist, Lula da Silva, who became president of the country. Uh, it's called the Forum of Sao Paulo, and it, it integrates all the different Marxist left-wing and other communist parties in Latin America, as well as anybody else who's hostile to the United States and Western values, like a communist China, like Hezbollah, 
the, the Shiite terrorists, like even Muslim Brotherhood, the Sunni jihadis, and so forth. And it integrates them into a movement where they support one another to exploit the democratic systems across Central and South America to uh, communize all of them. Achieve through political warfare the uh, the takeover of these countries, um, Mike. This brings us quickly, and we won't have time to do full uh, justice to it. But uh, you have been very closely following political warfare on the domestic side as well. A prime example of it seems to me to be the January sixth events. Um, you worked very closely with Tucker Carlson uh, and others, including Senator Ron Johnson, to expose what seems to have been an incident of direct action against um, you know, the right in the Congress and uh, problems that have flowed from it for not only the people who were up on Capitol Hill in that uh, occasion, some of whom have been incarcerated for over a year now, in some cases in solitary confinement, for heaven's sakes, and uh, an instrument, it would seem, of political warfare against the rest of us uh, through intimidation, if nothing else. Your thoughts? Yeah, th well, this is a huge issue, and we still don't have a grasp on everything yet because there are so many different moving parts and new revelations. But what you had, what, what, what I saw at the time on January 6th was a pre-organized, pre-arranged, uh, pre-set up political warfare operation to exploit a crowd of tens or hundreds of thousands of honest patriotic Americans and to to attack the U.S. Capitol building but make it look like it was a giant mob action. It was really an organized covert cadre. Right. Uh, yes, as an insurrection and then and then and then use that as a as an excuse to have these really draconian security measures across the country of really anybody who would be uh, speaking out against government abuse of power. The really tough part of this is that there when Senator Ted Cruz in January asked the FBI assistant executive assistant director, number three in the FBI, responsible for national security, asked her a yes or no question. Were there any FBI agents or assets involved in the planning of the crimes of violence at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th? She didn't answer the question. She could have said yes. She could have said no. We were hoping she would say no, but instead she said she's not going to answer the question. He said, were there any FBI agents or assets present at the Capitol to commit crimes of violence? Again, she wouldn't say no. And then he said, were there any FBI agents or assets who committed crimes of violence at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th? And again, she didn't say no. So we can only conclude that they were there. And this is then now a form of our federal law enforcement running political warfare operations against the United States Congress, as well as against the U.S. public. This is part of part of what has seemed to me to be a very, very worrying trend in the nature of weaponizing our security agencies against the American people. It's a, a terrifying development, needless to say. Um, let me just ask you about this commission that has been established, committee, I should say, in the Congress Select Committee to look into this affair. I dare say that line of questioning is not being asked of uh, the FBI by the members of it. Instead, they seem to be through subpoenas or uh, invitations to appear to be going after what are, frankly, the Democrats' political opponents. Uh, talk a little bit about that as an example of political warfare and what it portends. 
Well, the, the, the January 6th committee was so grotesquely set up that the Republican leadership in the House refused to have anything to do with it. And it wasn't to cover up anything. It was to simply say, this is all rigged as a, as a dirt digging operation and we're not going to have any part in it. So two liberal Republicans did take part in it. But really, if you look at what they're doing is they are going on such a, a, a it's like trawling for fish in the ocean. You're going to scoop up everything you can find. And now they're selectively leaking it to the press in order to attack the U.S. Supreme Court. You see the most recent things. You've got former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows dutifully turned over his text messages. And now they're using that to attack and to, try, to seek to impeach Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. And they timed it while he was sick in the hospital. That's how grotesque this whole thing has become an attack, not just on our on, on presidential political opponents, but on our very institutions. And unfortunately, Mike, as you know, this conversation has demonstrated, it is part of a very pervasive, insidious, and unfortunately, to some extent at least, um, highly effective form of warfare against our country um, by enemies domestic as well as uh, foreign through the vehicle of political warfare. Um, your expertise on these subjects, Mike, is uh, I think unparalleled and it's very valued by us here at Securing America. I hope we'll have a chance to visit with you often in the days ahead because frankly, we need to chronicle this and we need to make sure that others understand exactly what's afoot and what it portends, as I say, for all of us. Thanks for the work you do at the Center for Security Policy. Mike Waller, come back to us again soon, if you would. We'll be speaking next up with Peter Pry about the prospects of nuclear war, what we better be doing about it. Straight ahead.